coming up on Just Elders Podcast. Being in a movement look different for everybody. Oh yeah, yeah. You you have to figure out what your comfort level is, and then go a little beyond that, right? Right. If we not out there raising up, we get no justice. I I, I pull. I had a cree moment. I had a cree moment. That's what we gonna call it. But folks turn moment. hard. We gonna call it a cree moment. Cree moment. <laughs> New term for the movement. New term guys. for the Atlanta moment. Georgia movement. But I did. We have great models of sacrifice, but also in the day that we live in, a lot of us feel like we don't have to sacrifice to be successful. If you were back then, would you do the bunch boycott? I know y'all would. The one dude, he said. I wouldn't do it. I would be scared. <laughs> hey. If you acknowledge that you're in a war, then you have to decide what side are you going to be on. Speak to the people that feel like, yeah, I'm just getting the bread. Like, that's how I'm going to get up out of this. Like, yeah. I'm going to get, I'm going to get my paper. Hey, line brothers. Yeah. To yeah, this day. Line though. brothers. Uh, your yeah, your, your, your fraternity, my brother. <laughs> you don't have a special go mob. You know. And our people didn't show up, bro. Yeah. Niggas didn't start showing up to the bill passed. Right. Imagine <laughs> if y'all would have did all this energy before, before the fucking bill. So everyone was like, let's get together and figure out how we can overthrow this system. Not nowadays. All right, well, I'll see y'all on the weekends or I'll see you. I'll repost it as if that does anything. Oh, I'll, I'll do this. And it's like. Just to, to integrate into this system that we know is not even healthy for white people. Mm-hmm. It's not healthy for white folk. This system that the way it functions is it destroys their humanity. And you know what it's doing to ours. And, and and part of that legacy that is often not considered is the legacy of Pan-Africanism, Black nationalism, the Black radical tradition mm-hmm. is often left. <laughs> then they say, I right, send them and then y'all do what y'all do and we'll get what we wanted, what we, what we tried to ask for. Now we'll take it. This work takes strength. It takes self-strength. Mm-hmm. So then you can go and touch your families and then you can go and touch your street and then you can go and touch your communities. But if you're not trying to do that, I promise you, stay where you at. Mm-hmm. I know that appeal turned left, but I'm serious. Appeal <laughs> left. <laughs> we competing. Yeah, we competing. We competing. And you got an opportunity, man, to put on this jersey, put on this uniform proudly and get in the game, go hard, put some points on the board. I'm on the, I'm on the team for black people, bro. Ready? Born ready. It's Wednesday. Favorite day of the week. Damn. It's your favorite podcasters. Podcast. Let's get it. New Corday. This is my theme. I'm living more life. All 2021. Where'd you find this? Turn this up. Okay, what's up, family? It's your boy Elders. You are tuning to the Just Elders podcast, the hottest podcast to ever hit the airways. I'm super excited. We're about to record the greatest podcast I have ever recorded. I say that every time, and I mean it every single time. Super excited, y'all. This is a good one. This is a good one. Do me a favor. Do me a favor. Give a round of applause to everybody that tuned in to last week's episode. Episode 92. This is episode 93. We are now seven weeks away from 100 episodes in a row. Round of applause. Round of applause. Super excited. But I'm going to jump right into this. Um, to this, I got some very special people with me. I would not um, delay this process. First person I'm bringing to the microphone, this young lady. If you don't know her, you ain't in these streets. You probably ain't with her for real, for real. <laughs> My girl, Cree, one of the biggest, baddest activists out here in Atlanta, man. Y'all make some noise for Cree. You want? 
Is my mic on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yay, thanks for having me. That was a great intro. <laughs> you already know what time. I'm 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 a big fan, man. Like first time I met Cree was uh I'm trying to figure out what rally that was. Mm, I don't really know. Yeah. Sorry. It's because of Miley, I know you though, because Miley brought you out that time, but I love what oh, you Oh, that did. was the one at Decatur. In Decatur Square. At Decatur Square. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was yeah. like last July. Yeah. Or June. They had like five, five thousand. Yeah, that was in June. Yeah, that was right after Richard. Nah, but it was right. One, it was one right before the monument got ready to come down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the monument, we're talking we're, about the monument. Okay, yeah. yeah. Then you came back for the big, one. for the big one. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like two in a row. I remember. Um, this next person, um, near and dear to me. Uh, I always talk about this brother because when I talk about me getting involved with the movement he brought me in um this brother um just met me and he was just like yo come bang with me and it's funny i hear him say that to people now I'm like yo just come bang with me and now i know what that means you know i'm glad i listen y'all give it up to the liberation lawyer the liberation attorney the freedom fighter give it up for my big brother attorney Mowley davis <laughs> new author of the we need you dang dang Good book if you ain't got it. Let's get it. So let's just jump right into the conversation, y'all. Um, it's a lot going on. Um, on this podcast, I always talk about, and y'all can tell me if y'all agree or disagree. I feel like every summer, every time it starts getting heated up, the media starts promoting police assassinations a lot more. I don't know. I feel like we just start seeing it a lot more prevalent in the summertime. And that's like, as soon as it got hot, boom. We just start, you know, we in the case of George Floyd, we start, we seen, um, what's her name? Karen Scott and the officer that killed the young brother. Um, Potter. Yeah, Potter. Who killed, uh, McKay? McKay? How do you say her name? Dante Wright. Dante Wright. Dante. And Makai. Then, then Makai. Yeah, so. Um, and that was in what, like a week? No, it's like a week literally <laughs> right behind <laughs> each other. Like, yeah. Jesus Christ. And, and what's happening, people are, you know, seeing this and they don't necessarily know what to do. Some people are frustrated. Some people are mad. Some people want to get involved. And I just feel like both of y'all are two people that I look to when I'm trying to figure out what I want to do next. How do I want to get involved? And I just want to have that conversation with the people and uh, especially with you, Mowley, with your new book, We Need You and just talking about the different ways we can kind of, cause being in a movement look different for everybody. Oh yeah. Yeah. You, you have to figure out what your comfort level is and then go a little beyond that. Right. Right. You can't stay in your comfort level and expect to make change. It's like you want to change your body cause you want to work out. You want to get strong. So you do enough that you put yourself in some pain. You strain yourself to the point that you build up, the muscle, the strength, uh, but there's pain associated with it. That's a, that's part of what people don't want to do. They don't want any pain. Mm. But if you want to change and transform your body, where you live, what your life experience is, you got to go through some of that. So it's not like just a cakewalk, but in the middle of it, you know that, man, I know what I'm doing is the right thing. And that's, that's I think, where we have to be. So some people might take to the street. Some might take to the courtroom, some might take to organizing down into capital, uh, whatever it is, you got to be cons- committed and consistent with it in order for you to see that change. I like that. Um, can we just talk about the genesis of your work? I'm going to start with career. I kind of know Maui's story, but like what made you get involved? Like, where did you start? What was your first day where you were the Fannie Lou moment, the Fannie, uh, Lou moment. <laughs> the sick and tired of being um, sick and tired moment. I kinda have always been sick and tired. Um I just felt like the career path I was in initially didn't allow me to express that. Um so being in radio, you don't you you have to play a role. Mm-hmm. Um and so I would see all this stuff that's going on and I'm like, no one else has anything to say. Like but I literally wasn't <laughs> surrounded around like-minded people. Right. So that kind of further diluted what I felt and it kind of made me push it to the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in 2018, 
Mally, I think 2018, October, mm-hmm. um, I was assaulted by a police officer. Um, and I didn't, I had grown so accustomed because I was in radio. I started interning at 17. So I think at this time I was 21. I had just grown so accustomed to just brushing things off. So I had like brushed it off and I hadn't really ever dealt with it. So then a year went by, I had never really dealt with it. Even people at the radio station kind of brushed it off too. Like it was like, oh my gosh, are you okay? Glad you're okay. But it wasn't like a, how do you you really feel about this situation? So I literally never took the time. Even Molly would try to get me different therapists and I was not going. I was like, I'm not going to those people. I don't want to talk to them. (laughs) Um, For years, like two years, literally, I would not go because I just was so trained to not think about think it. it. And so then last year when George Floyd died, Corona was around and then we couldn't go into the station anymore. So my, my um, scenery changed. So I was no longer around those people. And so what I felt started coming out. Mm. And so I was like, you know what, let me just go and see like, what, what are they doing? Like, I don't know what they're doing, but I know that I feel like I should be there. So I will go there and I would just watch, just watch. I would stand in the back. I would stand in the front. I would just try to get a feel of what was going on because I didn't, I understood it. Mm-hmm. But so many times we gather in the street for black lives that have been lost, not black lives that are still here. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know what? I experienced a situation that was very traumatic that I never dealt with. So I just felt like going through to those initial protests were just kind of therapeutic because I'm Mm. like, okay, I'm surrounded by people that I know without a shadow of a doubt feel the way that I feel in some way, shape or form. They may not have felt the physical from the experience that I felt, but mentally we're kind of on the same page. So it just kind of like helped. And then at one rally protest, I just spoke because I felt like people weren't saying what needed to be said. They were just getting up there saying black lives matter. And it's like, we know black lives matter. We got that. Stop stating the obvious. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's actually state what's going on and how people can help and how people are not using their privilege. Like let's really have transparent conversations. And I felt like people weren't doing that. So that's kind of where and she got up there and it <laughs> all came out. If you don't see her speak, it you're literally like, all came I remember, out. I remember there one time, man, Cree line these white people up. <laughs> you remember that? That was burnt, bro. We like, bro. We like, so the white people, out, the white people out there to help us, like the allies, right? So Cree pulled them out. She had to let them know how, we nah, feel. It, it was so smooth. She was like, can I get a couple of uh, ally volunteers? <laughs> you know, so, they, so, you know, folks was just like feeling like, yeah, yeah. I'm about to, yeah, I'm about to help. I'm about so to help. Just, she just lined them up and just, just got up in their face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, my wife was like, yeah. <laughs> Hey, look, hey, look, look, this is how you know she was going hard. Black folks sitting there like, he's like, dang. Hey, hey, look. Like, I was like, yeah, they not coming back. <laughs> I was like, I was like, this how that, this how that white girl felt when she came up to Malcolm. Like, can I help? And he was like, no. <laughs> no. But I felt like that was necessary. No, it because was. if you're going to be a part of this, you standing over there saying Black Lives Matter. It's different from you standing over here saying Black Lives Matter. So you need to understand that every single day we wake up, we have a programmed fear. Every Mm. single day we have targets pointed at us. And until you understand that, until you feel like you don't have control because there's always somebody in your face telling you no, we don't need you. If you're not going to understand that, there's no reason for you to be here. Because now that you felt that, you felt inferior by somebody else that you don't even know, you're going to go and think differently. You're going to go and act differently. People respond to emotion. So I did that to evoke emotion because you, you just mean, throwing your fist up. You, that don't mean you, that. You definitely, <laughs> your, your mission was complete, man. You accomplished. I literally had people texting me like, Cree, I heard this. I saw this on the news. I saw that you did so. And so I was like, look, Hey, y'all don't understand. Hey, never stop being. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm gonna be real. We calling you for that, so never stop being that, and we need that. Uh-uh. Yeah, it's it's just different, man. Like, I don't. I'm way beyond the space of trying to make them feel comfortable, but control where where people are, like our people, mm-hmm. right? We literally had a right 
to burn the whole place down. We had that right based mm-hmm. on how we've been treated. Now, I don't want to burn it all down because I'm trying to build something as right. well. Right. But, <laughs> you, you, you know, I'm not, you know, I just think I heard somebody the other day I was on a panel and they were like, you know, you know, but protest, but do it the right way. What's the right There's way? There's no right way. What's the yeah. right way when, it- when we just had, after George Floyd's, after the verdict, you just had six shootings. Mm. Literally. Six shootings. Some in the cab in, in Atlanta. Atlanta. I, I heard about that. Within yes. like a 24-hour, 48-hour time. I mean, six. And, and, and so there's a right way to protest. That was the problem with when George Zimmerman was on trial. They wanted to be, you know, hey, we don't want everybody down here. We want no clown show. We want people out here protesting. We drove down. Nobody was out there. I called back to to uh, the radio station. Was like, hey, they're gonna quit this dude. Word up. They're gonna acquit a guy who tracked this young brother and then shot him dead. They're gonna acquit him because we ain't out here. If we're not out there raising up, we get no justice. And the difference. You saw folks steady protesting during mm-hmm. this during this trial. They was out there. Buildings burned down. Uh, Auntie Auntie Maxine. <laughs> yep. You know, she popped off like, hey, you know, what and people can be critical of her of her or not, but at the end of the day, it's them not knowing what could happen if they don't do the right thing mm-hmm. that forces them to do the right thing. And that's a sad and I'm saying that as a lawyer. Right. This this law thing is it's just like a game, like all the other aspects. Unless we intense with it, it's just not going to happen. I got a question, Malvin. What was that one uh, name, that one hashtag that you just heard that? Obviously, all of them get us. But what was that one that really just messed you up? Man, it's it's uh, it's funny. You know, I came into the movement, the the – the lane of the movement I came into, we were not about police protests, right? Mm-hmm. We were about black nationalism, pan-Africanism. Let's build. Let's build our independent, in Cobra, in, independent space, reparations, but independent education. But then, you know, the police shooting. So I get, so I get to Georgia and there's a brother, first March, uh, police brutality march I participated in, uh, was the brother out of, um, out of Columbus. Y'all remember the brother who was killed in Columbus? He was a Q. He was on the side of the road, shot two times mm. in the head back in, old like, 2003. I don't even 2003. Wow. I was in Monroe. Only, like, second grade. Yeah, so, man. So, <laughs> like, I, yeah, I was remember, in Monroe. Man. I was in Monroe. I don't remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, so it was, it was deep, man. So it was this big, big march, you know. I was just... One in the number, you know what I mean? I wasn't leading nothing. I was just like, you know, even though we on this nation building, yeah. we got to confront so, white supremacy. Because that's going to stop our nation building. Right? Yeah, because you ain't going to have nobody to build a nation with right. if they mowing all down, you know, if, if they, they killing, kill us all. If they killing all of the young <laughs> talent and the young warrior spirits, you know what I'm saying? Right. Hey, but this brother was a father, man. Um, mowed him, they just shot him on the side of the road. Um, went to that protest and I was like, damn, okay. I was literally, I just become a, a, a lawyer, hadn't taken a civil rights case. Six years later, I took the case of Trey, uh, Tremaine Miller. Okay. Tremaine Miller was a brother who was shot over in Mechanicsville, mm-hmm. shot in the face. Bullets still in Tremaine's neck to this day. Mm-hmm. He's a survivor. I remember. And, and the bullets in his neck. We were out there, man, and I, 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 I pulled. I had a cree moment. I had a cree moment. <laughs> That's what we gonna call it. But folks turn moment. hard. We gonna call it a, a cree, cree moment. moment. Cree moment. <laughs> New term for the movement. New term guys. for the Atlanta <laughs> Georgia movement. But I did, man. We out there, in, and if y'all know Mechanicsville, Pittsburgh area, we're out yeah, there, straight up where he had been shot. We had a. A bunch of folks out there, uh, Reverend Rice, uh, Derek Bozeman, and we out there. And, you know, these cats, the police just come through and they're just posted on the outside. We're, we're in the parking lot where he was shot and we, you know, getting, you know, just telling the story. Police decide they want to roll through because this is a neighborhood mm-hmm. that they used to, you know, muscling, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they, 
I saw one dude like putting on his gloves, black gloves, and I just peep him and I'm just like, I see you putting on your gloves. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you want some, come get some. You know, I start slapping, so I had that cream moment. Excuse me, what are you doing? Damn. Oh, you think it's funny? <laughs> but I, Sir. it was, it was, man. Sir. It was crazy. And, and, you know, I think when it, it gets in you that there's, it's, you're clear it's a war. Right. Right. And mm. that war isn't just in policing. That war is in every aspect that we live in education, financial, spiritual, man. sexual, every, everything. everything. And, and, I, and I think that's where we mess up a lot of times. Like, I think people don't want to admit that the war is here. And then what they try to do, they try to fragment the war. Like, yeah, it might be a war with the police. But if you do the right thing, the police ain't going to mess with you. know what I'm saying? Like, that's what's kind of, I feel like this messing with us from getting a wide adoption of like, bro, we have to get in this fight and really get down with it. Well, no, it goes back to what Molly said. People don't want to be uncomfortable. People don't even want to, if you get $700 in food stamps, you would think that you might just eat a little healthier, but no, you don't even want to be uncomfortable with the thing that you eat. So you got a, a, a cart full of Cheetos and, and hot fries and all the shit you shouldn't have because you don't even want to be uncomfortable for a second. Sacrifice. You don't, no one wants to sacrifice. Like that's not a thing. We see it. We have great models of sacrifice, but also in the day that we live in, a lot of us feel like we don't have to sacrifice to be successful. We don't have to sacrifice to accomplish anything. Back yeah. in the day, Say you that. had to sacrifice. Yeah. You didn't have yeah. a choice. Yeah. Now it, it, it's it's funny. So you know, my I got a model. Let us make man called motivating youth to join the movement. So I was like, you know, I'm gonna just do my let us make man module. And I'm like, man, these high school students, like you know, and, and like the George Floyd stuff was going on. So I'm like, oh, they about to be hype, bro. I know they gonna <laughs> love this shit. So. I started teaching. I was like, man, I was like, man, if you were back then, would you do the bus boycott? I know y'all would. The one dude still, he said, I wouldn't do it. I would be scared. Hey, hey, look, I, I had to, but I was just like, it just, he just got there. Did everybody amen corner like, yeah, me too. I'm not, I'm not protesting. I'm like, yeah, this is definitely the wrong crowd. Well, you know, it's a it's a it's a challenge to uh and by the way, the brother was Kenny Walker. Kenny Walker, two thousand three. Mm. We gotta keep mm. saying his name too. Kenny Walker. Kenny Walker. Yeah. But but what happened was um what we see happening is this this idea that you don't have to work hard to get it. And if you acknowledge that you're in a war, then you have to decide what side are you gonna be on. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right? That's true. And so hey. what I it, you you're either fighting to liberate or you allow or you're you know betraying. Yeah. And it's just that France for none. You you're either fighting to liberate, like you are actively every day. And it's a everyday struggle. struggle. It is not a well, I'm a, I'm gonna just do it this weekend. So it may not be a march every day, right? It may not be a protest every day. It may not be a go down to the Capitol every day, but what are you reading? What are you what are you listening to? What's your communication with other people to build capacity? How are you recruiting into the movement? And we have to see mm-hmm. how do we cr- recruit people into the movement? And they talk about in the Black Panther Party, we talk about the difference in just observation and participation. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the most powerful form of teaching is if you can get people to participate to be in them streets, right. you know, to go down to the Capitol, to come into a courtroom. Right. You know, that's why we always recruiting interns to, to be a part of the firm. So you can see, yeah, this is an every day, like every single, me don't have any idea how many phone calls we get on police brutality. So <laughs> many that we had to turn some of them down. Just like, man, they broke your arm, bro. We just don't have the capacity. Let me try to refer you to somebody else. That's that's how intense that is, you know. But then when you talk about parents and schools, parents are, you know, they're like fighting to get quality education and not have their children just jammed up 
with this this miseducation. You know, so it's it's so, it's in all of so, those spaces. So can we go like you said something? You said in the movement, you are either fighting for liberation or you're betraying it. Can you speak to those people? And, and the reason why I love Mavely is because Mavely is out here. I would argue in Atlanta, it's not too many things that's happened with the movement that Mowley has not touched, whether it's through his own personal law firm, through supporting financially, through mentorship or advising. Like, Mowley's in the trenches, but also Mowley getting this money too. Speak to the people that feel like, yeah, I'm just getting the bread. Like, that's how I'm going to get up out of this. Like, yeah. I'm going to get my paper up. I mean, hell, when you I always look at Trayvon Martin and – we had a myth of saying, man, if you could, if you had a relationship with your father, mm-hmm. if you had a certain a level of economic, uh, you know, you ascended to a certain economic level, um, you know, those are kind of things that people would be like, oh, you're going to be straight. Right. Trayvon is in a <clears throat> gated community, bro, at his dad's, right? And he is still killed. So the the whole notion that is just all I gotta do is you know have some money and do this and do that. Mm-hmm. No, they're at war against all of us. Uh, Henry Louis Gates over at Harvard, them police rolled him back in the day. He's at his own crib, so he's done everything that 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 yeah. white America would tell a Negro to do. He's Literally, he's done all of it. Harvard, and yeah, and then they they roll him. You know, now he goes and sits down in the, you know, for a brew with the officers and, and, and President Obama, but that's not solving our problem. Right. You know, so yeah, I think we have to be pushing socially conscious and professionally successful at the same time. That's why I have so much respect. I rock, you know, I love to, we had, um, um, Shaka Zulu come over and, and work with the young people from the Black Man Lab, Young Creators um, Project. And he comes out of a political, a politicized new African family of revolutionaries. Mm-hmm. And he hadn't betrayed that. Yeah. You know, he's obviously made his bread, but he's also stayed engaged with supporting movement work. He was out there with Bose then when the Morris Brown yeah, takeover. He, he was in the, I didn't know that. Like yeah, him and a, Ray was real good friends yeah, to nah, this day. They line brothers. Yeah. To yeah, this day. They line brothers. Uh, your yeah, your, your fraternity, my brother. <laughs> you don't have a special go mob. Uh, where's your? Come on, you better. <laughs> <laughs> you, you said it, go mob. All day. <laughs> but, but yeah, man. So I didn't I didn't realize because I was uh, scanning Bozeman articles trying to preserve them, yeah. and I seen him in the paddy wagon. Yeah, he and I got a picture of him in the paddy wagon, the Shaka Zulu. Yeah, uh, right there beside Ray. So it's like, it's crazy, man. Sister Aisha came through, spoke. Um, Aisha's a powerhouse, you know, in and of her own, Mm -hmm. you know, and she comes out of the same political history. So we just have to find a way, you know, here's my thing. We don't, it's not helpful for organizers to be broke. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not helpful for rich folk not to be engaged in organizing. Mm-hmm. And so we got to find. It's a both and. It's a both and. Yeah, yeah. Because it's hard. How how you going to help us in the movement if we need to be helping you your pay your out. rent and your lights are out? You know, yeah. we so we got to find a way. I had to learn that. To stabilize. I was, I was in the streets. So I was like, fuck, they'll work. I can't go to work. So, I got to I gotta go to every protest. So, so speak to that real quick. So is that a myth? Is that one of those myths like how um, – they try to make it seem like if you are in the movement, like MLK was, well, he died broke. Yeah. That doesn't mean that was a good thing. Nah. Right? And so, and so he, the thing is this, man, we have these gifts and talents and I think we're called to be able to use those gifts and talents to take care of our family and to benefit the movement. So if you are, if you are a plumber, if you're an electrician, do that at the top highest level grab you some interns, apprentices, build, and when we call for you, hey, we need a hundred thousand in the street, be a part of that hundred thousand. And on Monday, go back to building and providing resources. And we gotta get out of the 
out of the mindset that it's only one way to contribute to the movement. And we look and when we look at it historically, man, you had business people who bailed out all of the organizers. Shout out to Herman Russell. Man, Herman Russell, you talking about um organizers who did that, right? right. And so you got to have different parts. It's like we think there's only one and I, I had a, you know, we, we were at a, a event with uh, some different elected officials and the elected official was like, man, y'all want us to protest and make policy and do this. He's like, you know, it's like being a part of a baseball team. Everybody got to play their position, but y'all want us to pitch and catch and then run the first and catch the ball. And I was like, okay. Now, when we hit that line drive at your ass, you better be <laughs> you better ready. catch that shit. Yeah, like uh-uh. like we'll put some pressure on the outside, but y'all gotta have courage on the inside. Right. And right. so that's the that's the tug of war because some of them bail on you. Mm-hmm. You know, they be like, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I don't seen it. You know, oh you know, man, <laughs> you rolling with y'all niggas. I don't seen this shit. So I'm like, I I do want to uh go to Ukraine because there's a, something that I think we really gotta address. In our movement, just uh, from the sisters, you know, a lot of times sisters feel like the brothers are not there like we need to be. Um, we don't lift up the name of our sister ancestors as much as we should. I just want to know, one, how do you feel on that? And two, what would you like to see from the brothers as it pertains to our involvement in the movement, protecting our sisters and stuff like that? Um, It's crazy. I was having a conversation with a, a guy the other day, and he was like... um. You know, I never, I always hear protect black women, but I never hear help black women. And I'm like, you know what? That is genius because they're not out here killing us at a rapid rate. Yes, we are getting killed and it definitely does affect us, but y'all are the ultimate targets. They see y'all and don't think twice. So we don't necessarily need so much protection we just need help. We need a, hey, are you okay? We need flowers. We just need a foot rub. We just need a back rub. Like, sometimes it's just simple things because when I got assaulted by the officer, I didn't want anything just to be held. And that's why I held it in for two years because no one was there to hold me. Mm. No one was there to just be like, did you eat today? Mm. So it was just like simple stuff like that. Like, we, I get it. You know, sometimes women can need so much. Right. But sometimes we literally just need something simple mm-hmm. we don't want to have to keep repeating ourselves we don't need you to protect us because a black woman is going to protect us so right like we got that <laughs> now, i mean speak, speaking of that like and uh you know when you think about the panthers and you think about cointel pro and you think about the you. you know cointel pro what it was somebody we hurt ourselves from the inside you know what i'm saying it was people that was inside that hurt us and i feel like sometimes we are cointel pro ourselves with like the culture trends and like how, especially the man and female relations, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm in my bag and I'm in his too, or like city boys up hot girl. And I feel like, yeah, ha 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 on surface level. Sometimes it's funny, but like we really hurting each other, bro. Like on a deeper level. And I'd be wanting to figure like, how do we completely dismantle that? Cause I think it affects what we trying to do over here. Because you have people with, Different objectives, different goals, different levels. So I look at it from back in the day, mostly the entire like black community was kind of on the same level. We know we can't go in this place. We, we all kind of live in check to check, scraping pennies together. Like it was a community thing to be like broke. We didn't have nothing. But nowadays you got this person that got a house, this person that got a few cars, this person that got an education. Like we're all on different levels and we all aspire to be different things and we all have different goals. So when my goal is to be a um, college dropout, go get my ass done and become a dancer. And your goal is to actually finish school and become a doctor. And then your goal is to become a rapper. And then your goal is to just not give a fuck and sell drugs and do whatever you got to do because you got six kids and three baby mamas and a mama to take care of. Like when you have all those different people with all those different goals and all those different things they have to take care of, the top of the line is not to 
not listen to the music that's poisoning me or not to check my boss that's paying me or not to, you get what I'm saying? Like the immediate objective is not to come together because Molly and I are going through different things. You and I are going through different things versus back in the day, everyone pretty much was going through the the same same thing. So everyone was like, let's get together and figure out how we can overthrow this system. Not nowadays. All right, well, I'll see y'all on the weekends or I'll see you. I'll repost it as if that does anything. Oh, I'll, I'll do this. And it's like, no, this actually takes work every single day, 24 seven. This isn't something that's just going to come. Because we posted it on social media. <laughs> like, we ultimately got to have your, this, this, a goal, right? Mm-hmm. So our goal can't be just to, to integrate into this system that we know is not even healthy for white people. Mm-hmm. It's not healthy for white folk. This system that the way it functions is, it destroys their humanity and you know what it's doing to ours. Mm-hmm. So we got to look at, liberation you know there was a time when they would ask the question what time is it and the response was nation time right mm-hmm. it's time for black folk to create our space is nation time and so the whole idea of liberation has to be our objective what does that look like so that we can live free and breathe mm-hmm. and that requires the dismantling of this system of white supremacy, the myth of white supremacy, because it, it, that has us all jacked up. That, that's what allows for black police officers to kill black people. That's what allows for black people in the street to kill other black people is because the system says your life ain't worth shit. And if the system says your life ain't worth, worth shit and it manifests through every aspect of your Mm -hmm. life. I love, um, Something you got me on is listening to speeches. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes I catch myself because, like, I listen to a lot of podcasts, but and I listen to music sometimes. But sometimes I ride, I'm like, dang, I actually got some free time. Let me turn on this speech. So uh the other day I was listening to Kwame Toure. He was mm-hmm. at Antioch College. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's a real good one. It's real good. I'm going I'm to actually drop it at the end of this podcast. And um he was saying – you know, I'm from, I live in a place in Africa. He said, we ain't got, we ain't the best manufacturers. You know what I'm saying? We make something and it might break. He said, we, we do this. He like, we don't, we don't produce a lot of good stuff. Our glue, you might have to apply it two or three times for it to work really well. He said, I admit that America is better in their manufacturing. But he said, if I get sick, he said, I'm scared to get sick in America because if I get sick where I live right now, the doctors are going to take care of me for free. He was talking about the healthcare system in back Guinea. then. Yeah, in Guinea. He was talking about Guinea. He was like, he said, our doctors literally take an oath and they are no, they know that they are here to heal people, to be humanity. They're doing it because they want to change the world. Doctors in America become doctors because they want to make money. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm scared to get sick in America. I want to get sick in Guinea and I want to be in Guinea. So he would just talk and I was just listening to it. And I was like, dang, bro, if that ain't 2021 yeah. to this day, you know what I'm saying? So what's happening? So with COVID, with COVID, we dropping our numbers left and right. And then me and you had this conversation at the beginning of COVID. We was like, yo, you know, I wonder how white supremacy always rears its head. And I wonder how it's going to begin to rear its head during COVID-19. And then I was just thinking about all the black people that were dying in the hospital. Then I can only imagine when they got only so many machines, ventilators, Mm -hmm. and you got this white lady or this white man right here that probably came in after this sister or this brother. Who got it first? You know, we ain't in the hospital. We can't see that. And we know on a good day in the hospital, you need an advocator for you. Oh, man. Like, (laughs) I don't want to go to the hospital by myself. I need somebody that's in there fighting for me so i was like man i can only imagine when i'm thinking about all these people that are dying what's, what's really happening going on? <laughs> yeah what's happening behind these closed doors and how they're being treated just going because i want to give you time to talk about this ultimately based off what you were just saying like we back in the day we had the same struggle we need each other Mallory, you just wrote a book we need you um i want you to go one, I wish you wrote this book when I first met you. 
<laughs> like, cause when I read, I was like, man, the Malibu would have gave me this book when I first, I got, I got down when I met you. Yeah. But that book gave me, would have gave me so much more context to why I was getting there. I was getting there cause I just seen some successful brothers that were doing the right thing and I wanted to be a part of it. Yeah. But I didn't really have as much context as you gave in this book. Can you talk about that project? Why you wrote it and just, yeah, give people. I mean, just, I think one of the things that I've been seeing is that there have been a lot of people who have entered the movement or, or project themselves as, as activists and leaders and different things. But I think we got to start with grounding ourselves, right? Centering. And that's what the whole book was about, was trying to center young people around what our legacy is. Mm-hmm. And, and, and part of that legacy that is often not considered is the legacy of Pan-Africanism, Black nationalism. The Black radical tradition mm-hmm. is often left. Right. And it's in what has been lifted up most often has been civil rights. And that story hasn't even been told correctly. The right way. Mm-hmm. Right? That that hasn't even been it's very diluted. It's so diluted. It is so manufactured. And it what what they remove from it is the power of the people. Mm-hmm. The absolute ability. It wasn't never one person who made these changes. It's always how can we organize? The five of us get together and do this, and then we grab a few more, and then we're able to create a critical mass. And so the project is really about centering young people and anyone who wants to enter the movement around some principles. Because I see so much undisciplined, unprincipled behavior in mm, our movement mm. right now where folks are just... Mm. As the young people say, mm. clout chasing. Tripping. Clout. Yeah. I, mean, I just told somebody, I don't go to everybody protest. Mm. I, I, I had to stop because, man, I, you know, I've come under all kinds of attacks within the movement. Um, and when I say the movement, I'm talking very broadly. Yeah. Um, but the, where we come out of, you have social, there's accountability that, you know, if I move a certain way, I get checked. Out and yeah, I get checked. I can't do certain stuff because I know, man, the podcast know I just went on vacation. I ain't even want to tell my people where I would have went. Yeah. Because of, like, because, hey. because my people. Cause it's, you know, because like, it's accountability. And, and, and we, we all had these contradictions. Right. And when I was in the Navy, I was in the Navy and I came into consciousness in the Navy. So here I am a part of a military apparatus that is designed to maintain, promote, and if necessary, wage war to maintain the system of white supremacy worldwide. Right. I mean, like, like, and I'm, I'm a, when I say I'm conscious, I'm clear that I'm like, I'm a part of this outfit that this is the objective. When diplomacy ends, when politics ends, then they say, I send them. And then y'all do what y'all do, and we'll get what we wanted, what we what we tried to ask for. Now we'll take it, and so that's the reality. And so the project is really about us, and it's short, it's quick, different stories, different um, lessons that I've learned in the movement, and it's really just to encourage. You know, that's the whole point is to encourage young people to join the movement because as 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 even in war having a purpose in your life, it allows you to get up in the morning and say, mm-hmm. rather than just go eat 10 donuts and lounge because I'm a warrior, because I know my people are at war. I know that I've been sent back here on earth this time to do this work. Mm. I'll go, I'll get up, I'll work out. And then it brings you joy when you connect. Like when we're doing this, there's joy in this space mm-hmm. as serious as, as this work is, you still find joy when mm-hmm. you find comrades and like minds. <laughs> and so it gives you a life, right? Right. You know what it's I'm saying? Crazy, it's crazy how you see, like, I'm mad. I met this protest, but I know I'm about to see you my people. Like I every time I see Cree, like, yo, what's up? Cree wow, got that. Yes. Like, it, like I get I'm that. okay. I'm not crazy. Yes. But, because you're not alone. Right. <laughs> right. Because right. all this, that, that's what yes. the book says is that, what you're feeling, you're not alone mm-hmm. in what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And 
we're all out here and all we got to do is see and connect with each other and affirm each other. When I see you and we hug, it's like, yeah, I, we, we, you know, and, and we know deep down that there's, it's a connectivity to the movement. Like we're, we're continuing a work from the first African who was brought here in 1619, some 401 years later, we still, it's a legacy of struggle. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's bigger, you know, but, but what they would have us do is that's why this individuality is so important. They would reduce you to one person. They won't even give you your, your grandmama. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine if, 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 if you didn't have the connectivity to your grandmother, your grandfather, how confused and awful you will be. That's their job is to truncate us so that we're just, I'm just smiling. Now, now, and Keith and uh, Mark will tell you, I'm always about that, especially like when we going through things like it's, it's like society tells us, you know, you need to handle this on your own. And I always tell Keith and Mark, I'm like, yo, lean in, bro. That's the time you got to lean in when you going through it. Because when you isolate yourself, that's when you start all them negative thoughts, all that stuff takes over and you start thinking you alone for real and you ain't even tell nobody. But Cree says something that I talk about in the book that's important is that it's the ability to help each other. And so we have to look at this thing and Gary White, one of our Let Us Make Man brothers talking about start with yourself, then your family, then your block, then your community, and then you keep building out. We got to start with our healthy relationships among us. And then we, we, we build it. We're talking about building a community, building safe spaces. That's what Black Man Lab is a, is, is to create a safe space. And in, in the African tradition, it was called a quilombo. Mm-hmm. So we find ourselves in Brazil, in Haiti, in Jamaica, in Georgia, in Florida, and we still away, right? Some of us, would run away right. and we run into a swamp into what would nobody else would want to live there. But in that swamp, in that desolate place, we would build a new Africa, Fine, that yeah. a new African community. We didn't try to duplicate what we ran away from. We tried to rebuild what was in our spirit right. and we did it. And we did it over and over again in all of these places. And that is the spirit that we have to do in 2021 is, Find our space and then build. And then we go, they would do raids, right? Mm-hmm. They they had this quilombo. Then they would go raid the plantation and free up some more Africans. So we got to have that kind of mindset where all of our time can't be spent just out there, fight, fight, fight. With them. What are we building right. to be able to bring our people back to, right? What's the healthy situation that if I get enough of your attention, I can say, hey, come with me. And I got a space for you. Right. Where's that space? So speaking of that space, and we got to do, like you said, we got to go get people to bring them to that space. One thing that I, I used to always say, and I, and I talked about this to Derek all the time. I feel like a lot of time we don't do a bet. We got to do a better job at talking about our victories Yay. on our side. Cause I feel like a lot of our people are on the sideline and they watching the game. They watching us versus them. I mean, and, and we looking under, we looking defeated, like we ain't never won a game, but we don't want some shit. Oh. But the thing is, we don't talk about it, and they didn't show up to the game. Like prime example, mm. baby AJ was a game. Oh man, they didn't come, and obviously they not about to put it on ESPN. You know what I'm saying? So like, if we don't talk about our victories, you don't know, nigga. We won that game. They yeah. got put up thirty that game. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like. We got to do a better job at talking about the victories we have because it's going to build the confidence of the people on the sideline. And I feel like people on the sideline, they only hear us when we talking about a new game, we about a uh, new right. game we about to play. I was, I was raising Cree and the young people who were in the streets in Atlanta up because when Messiah Young and Tanaya Pilgrim, the mm-hmm. Morehouse and Spellman student who got attacked by the police, yeah. that was the quickest arrest. I mean, as long as we've been doing this, that was the quickest arrest, yeah. quickest prosecution is still yet to be complete. That was cause of them. Right. That wasn't no, you know, I, I mean, 
That wasn't Mowley. Oh, Mowley. You put a 30 on that. She put a 30 on there. She dropped him with the left. Right. She about 6'3, so she probably can't duck now. She put it on somebody's head, like, here, boo. But for real, I was like, yo. And I said that, and I said publicly that that was the young people's victory because Atlanta didn't know what was going to happen when a million people saw these two young college students be attacked and then all of the young people stayed in the street lifting up their names now in addition to lifting Everybody up yeah right. and right. so they 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 did that it wasn't and chris stewart represents tania pilgrim i represent um messiah and it wasn't like oh now that chris stewart and molly davis are on the case we're gonna bring charges hell no nah. it ain't uh-huh. us it is it's, it's them uh-huh. Hey Atlanta, we got them popping off, bro. And that's and if you if you go back to the JP crates and you listen to the podcast, I told Keith I was like, bro, I feel like it's silent right now, but we about to get because like everybody was really quarantined, but I was like, nah, bro, this shit about to pop off. It's about to get real loud, and out of nowhere in Atlanta, it got really loud. Yeah, like, <laughs> and Cree may not remember this. She was at the Auburn Avenue at at uh, the King Center mm-hmm. with Jalen Brown. And um, when the when the basketball players did the protests, yes, oh yeah, yeah, I do remember that. I do remember that. She was out there, and so she was talking, right? And so I didn't even roll because we had our group. We love you too much, and we would just created a human chain because they had a bus load full of riot police trying to get off the bus to come onto the king. I'm talking yeah. literally. This is at where the um. Jackson and Arbor. Yeah, but I'm talking about this is where um, Dr. King and Coretta Scott King, they were on, that's sacred ground. And these fools are getting ready to try to, the police are going to get ready to try to bust up what they're doing. So we're like, nah. So we formed this line. They don't even know it. Like but I'm like, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah we were just standing there. I remember what you're talking about, but I don't remember. I didn't you know You were talking. We no were standing idea. on the outside like, nah, our young wow. people, they straight. Ain't nothing happening here. Except they're talking. There's not like they're desecrating the space. This is what this space is for. And so it's just staying out there. And and that's what I, I you know, I give a lot of credit to those victories is the mm-hmm. capacity to stay out there. And it ain't easy because if you out there, it's not, you can't be working, right? It's you can't be working. It's, it's, hey. it's, people underestimate it, I guess, because they seeing stuff on social media. It's like, oh, that's cute. But being out there day after day, like going back to what you said, um, the other day when we got the conviction for, um, Derek Siobhan, a rapper guy, I don't even know his name. He like tweeted and was like, um, y'all think that this is a win. This isn't a win. Like we still have so much work to do. And I was, someone sent it to me and it was like, how do you feel about this? I was like, I don't feel about anything regarding what he says because he didn't work for the conviction i was literally out there working for the conviction so in my world in my life i feel like that is more than a win granted i know you know we have so much more work to do but it means more when you're out there so here i had a sideliner who's a rapper who probably is rapping about the same thing everybody else is rapping about saying that we didn't do anything. We have nothing. And it's like, who are you? It'd it, it be the people that well, ain't out there, man. Right? But I'm yeah. like, who? Of course like, you feel that song, way because dog. you didn't sacrifice nothing. <laughs> of and course it, you feel that way. Because you, there's no, none of your time was taken. <laughs> none of your money was spent. Like, absolutely there was no sacrifice that took place. So you don't feel, you don't feel like celebrating because right. you don't have nothing to celebrate. And I would tell him, like, I would tell him people. So when, shout out to, uh, Hannah Joy. Yes, love um, Hannah. Love Hannah Joy, man, and her Bree, and you know the whole positive art movement. Mm-hmm. Like they were out there, thirty days straight, mm-hmm. protesting the bill. And what kind of pissed me off? But then they had a, they, yeah, they was out for uh, Britain and uh, Justice for Georgia did mm-hmm. two hundred and forty something straight days. Bruh, I remember. So I mean, they 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 are out yeah. here. And when so, you say helping sisters was deep, was yesterday we were at the funeral. For uh, Matthew uh, Zadok Williams. Not in the cab. In the cab, mm-hmm. who was killed by police. The sisters were there. We ain't had no brothers, but the sisters was there holding signs when that family entered to memorialize and funeralize their, you know, their loved one. And when they came out, they were there two hours later waiting for them 
like we still here, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's that kind of consistency, man. Brit and Hannah Joy, bro, they, they, yeah. they went super hard. But my point, my point was saying, like even that, right? They were out there every day. I was out there. I remember, I remember the one day I came out there, bro, we said we we're going to get out there at five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> we're going to leave five at night. I swear to you, five oh five, the sky falls out. It is pouring rain. Pouring rain. Bruh, I'm talking about <laughs> when I say, bruh, not no light stuff, not no sprinkle, like it's a storm. Bruh, your feet soggy, bruh. <laughs> bruh right, right. Your, your feet, rain boots don't work. Bruh, I'm talking about it was and look, and I you know, for me, I just like, yeah, yeah. I didn't want it because it's my first time organizing with them through social chain. I was like, I'm yeah. about to see how, how they about to rock. Whole day. Yeah. Whole day. Right. They ain't leave. And that's that victory. Right. And, but, and again, the thing is, you know, just like, just like a, a sports team, when your people show up to see you play, you, you play harder. You play harder. Yeah. Yes. And our people didn't show up, bro. Yeah. Niggas didn't start showing up to the bill past. Right. Imagine <laughs> if y'all would have did all this energy before, before the fucking bill. It's the after, man. It's, it's that the, reactionary. It's like, the same thing. We did a march after they convicted, after they acquitted George Zimmerman. We did a 5,000 person march instead of having 5,000 people Before down in Florida. Do. Like, I wish you would, Pat. I wish yeah. you would let this nigga off. And it's the same thing with all of the corporate folks. You know, the corporate people now, they've issued letters, but right. that was the stuff that was needed ahead of time. That was the stuff that, that, Fair Fight and, and New Georgia Project and Black Voters Matter, all of the folks that are in that voting yeah, organizing they've space, been they've been saying, yo, look what's getting ready to come down the pipe, y'all. Don't let this go down like this. And then and that's why, go down. And that's why I was like, let corporate people be sending them letters to me. That's like, oh, well, y'all better be glad. I, ooh, if I was out there, <laughs> like, like, nah, bro, you missed that shit. You didn't show up. Yeah. So, um, next thing I want to just, um, Go to man. Can you talk to the people, um, people that's watching this? You know, we got a lot of different people that's watching. We got people that's in the streets. We got people that not in the streets. We got people that want to be in the streets. Yeah. What's your appeal? If you had to look in the camera, you had to give them an appeal to get down. What are you saying to them? Um, I would say think about your family. Mm. That's what drives me. Um. Because now I'm I'm 24, in a few months I'll be 25, and I look around and the people I went to high school with are having kids. Mm-hmm. They're getting married. And so now life is becoming a little more real than it's always been because it's like, dang, like people are bringing life into this world. And as people are bringing life, there are people that, for some strange reason, feel like they can take it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, look at your dad. Imagine not seeing him anymore just because of the color of his skin, an unchangeable factor. Imagine that. Think about your mom. Think about your brother. Think about your sister. Think about you. Mm -hmm. I'm from the west side of Atlanta. So when you were saying earlier, what's a case that sticks out to you? Rayshard Brooks. Because I used to go to that Wendy's. I was raised off of that Wendy's when my mama couldn't afford nothing. We went to that Wendy's. So that Wendy's is no longer here. Mm -hmm. I live in this neighborhood and an officer, a black officer assaulted me. Mm-hmm. People think it was a white officer. I'm like, no, this is a black man. We scream and protect black women and a black man literally assaulted me. Mm-hmm. And then they just, what's the guy's name? Um, right. Dante, right. Mm-hmm. With the, the, Dante, she, right. she said it was a taser. Right. I was tased. So just imagine if the cop that tased me had a gun. I think about that every day. That pulled that gun. Yeah. So it's like, if you need an appeal, if you're not sick, you're sick. Mm. And you need to take a look in the mirror because I shouldn't have to appeal to you why you matter. Mm -hmm. If you don't feel like you matter, that's the problem. Like Molly said, it starts with you. So if you can't even work on you, we don't need you. Honestly, (laughs) please stay home. Stay scared. Stay in the house. Stay watching from social media because this work takes strength. It takes self-strength. Mm-hmm. So then you can go and touch your families and then you can go and touch your street and then you can go and touch your communities. But if you're not trying to do that, I promise you, stay where you at. 
I know that appeal turned left, but I'm serious. <laughs> appeal left, appeal turned left. The appeal turned left, but I'm so, I am so serious. We don't need people that's scared. That's that creep do- moment. <laughs> hey, 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 that creep moment. Cree moment. Hey, doctor, she hit him with that doctor steel, man. A scared Negro get you killed. I'm yeah. saying, yeah, no, we don't, if you scared, thank you for being scared. Thank you for being honest. Stay your ass in the house. Yeah, but <laughs> I, 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 I say, um, I, I would I do like it differently. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, but that, Molly is you, much more experienced than I am, no, so that's start, my where I feel. Yeah, yeah. But you start with what you start with. You start with thinking about your family. Mm. Yeah, you start, you there. start there. I think you got to start there. You got to understand. Matthew Zadok Williams, Shali Tilson, mm. um, um, Ariston Waiters, um, Jamarian Robinson, um, Oscar Kane, Oscar Kane, all of these people, they never, have, their families have become activists because, because their loved ones were murdered. So we need you to become an activist beforehand. Here was what mm. was so deep about Oscar. Oscar was an activist. Yeah, that's what it messed up. I mean, we up. stood on, we stood on, Atlanta City Hall stepped together. That brother was organizing. And then he gets killed by a cop who doesn't have on a body camera. So we got to start with the understanding that it is, it is literally, it could be you. It could Mm. be your family. And so you have to say, you have to be able to reimagine a world. That's part of the, the role of white supremacy was to really rob us of our imagination. Mm-hmm. Our imagination to be free and liberated and self-sufficient and, and not having to be dependent upon, um, white folk for our everything. That's the, that's, that's what we're talking about, y'all. So had the courage to reimagine, to believe. And so when people say to me, like, man, black people ain't gonna never unite. Nah, that ain't true, bro. You keep saying that, yeah. Yeah. You, you feel me? You like, putting that in the energy in the world. And the energy and energy is so important. So put out in the universe that that we will unite. We will liberate. Mm-hmm. We will be free. And and here's why I know. Because we have before. Yeah. That's the part that's the part of it that people miss. That's why the history is so important. It's not history just just because it's history. It's history because when your grandmama said, I walk 20 miles to go get this education that made your ass say, man, I, I, if she walked 20 and I'm getting ready to do it virtually, let me go hard at that. Right. Your history mm-hmm. allows you to know what's possible. The fact that you know, you did it before. If you've ever, as an athlete, if you've ever made a move and finished, you're like, Oh, I can do I that. Can do it again. And that's us as a people that we built civilization. Right. So, We've been down, right? 401 years. We've been down. Mm. We've been, you know, taking a loss. But the game ain't over because we still here. Right. right. So all we got to do is like, prior to that, man, what were we doing in Song High? What mm. were we doing in Mali? What Come were we on. doing in Kemet? What were we doing in Nubia? Come on. And if we know it in detail, not just, oh, we were kings and queens. Nah, not that, you know, you got to know how did we build civilizations that Western Scientists are still like, how the hell did they build them pyramids like that? Mm-hmm. Well, these folks don't put it on aliens. <laughs> yeah. They don't want us to get it so bad, bro. They gonna put it on aliens. Dog. They make it. They say this was not out of the African spirit. When you look at the the the, the beginnings of the philosophy of white supremacy, they did everything to remove any achievement out of Africa because they knew the power of it. They had to be like, now Asian people did that. That was an early European. They they say they looked black, but they weren't African. I mean, this is how far they were willing to go because they knew that that would take the power. It's taking yeah. your power. So plug into that, y'all. You plug into the power of our history and our culture and then commit every day to doing the work. And we're going to win. We, mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to win. I'm That's unequivocal. Hey man, uh, I think they said it best. It it ain't much I can add to it other than right now, what you do, your children's children gonna read about it tomorrow. 
and they either gonna you gonna either be able to look back and say, you know, I marched with Cree. <laughs> like they say with Dr. King, like I marched, I marched with Cree. I saw a Cree moment. Look, you gonna be able to Google, you gonna be able to Google and say, that's me standing beside Mowley. You know what I'm saying? Or yep. your grandchild or your great grandchild gonna be like, where are you at? Where were you at? And you know kids. They don't have no filter. <laughs> and, 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 and you got to say, well, I was at home. Mm. I didn't show up, but I, I shared it on my Twitter. I didn't I didn't show up, but I talked about it online. Right. You know? I, I complained, but I mm. didn't but I didn't compete. We competing. Yeah. We competing. We competing. And you got an opportunity, man, to put on this jersey, put on this uniform proudly. And get in the game, go hard, put some points on the board. The team for African people. That's one of the chapters. <laughs> the team for African. That's the name of the episode. The team for black I'm, people. I'm on, I'm, the on, the, I'm, on, the, I'm black on the team people. for black people, bro. Uh, and, huh? Yeah, where can I get the book oh, for? Um, you can go to, um, I keep it in my book bag. You can go, go to Mowley, you can go to MowleyDavis.com, M-A-W-U-L-I, MowleyDavis.com or Third World Press. Third World Press was out of um uh is out of Chicago um founded by Haki Matabuti who's been a part of the movement for fifty years or maybe sixty years. Um but yeah, it was it was I was proud. I met Haki Matabuti twenty seven years ago mm-hmm. and uh he told we my wife at the time we were engaged, we said, We're about to get married. We were literally walking through a parking lot and he was like Build something together. And then he walked off. <laughs> you know, that's that African wizard. He just like build something together. And that's what we've been trying to do in terms of community, family, organizations, liberation movement work. And, um, so I'm beyond overjoyed that some 27 years later, he wow. publishes, um, my first book. So that's wow. just, uh, you know, I how much is up. the book? $20. $20. We're going to buy five books for the first five people to come in on our YouTube. Say you want the book. Come at your email. We'll send it to you. Damn! <laughs> we appreciate that. We're going to get five books. <laughs> Keith, man, Keith got all, of the, got all <laughs> the drops. The, the, the ear candies. <laughs> I'm expecting I mean, that when we come back to Black Man Live, the oh, afterflow. Oh, this is the, yeah. this, this is just yeah. Elders exclusive. <laughs> oh, he just, he just hold those jewels just for this. Nah, no man. For us. Nah, it's for everybody, man. I will say this again, man. I want y'all to get involved. This is our time, y'all. This is our moment. Y'all are seeing stuff that has never happened. Don't take mm-hmm. it lightly. What happened in George Floyd case is, un- that's, that's a new precedent. Don't take it lightly. Yeah, and we have to keep pushing forward. We got, when they retreat, we push forward. We ain't here to pick sides. We're here to take over. And it's our opportunity to get involved. Thank y'all so much for coming and just sitting with me on this podcast. Thank y'all for tuning in. In the words, in the words of the great poet, Kendrick Lamar, man, we're going to be all right, y'all. Let's go.